Everybody, y'all ready to go? Let's go. Get your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 5. You know, I've been trying to preach on the gifts of the Spirit, and I got to tell you, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not able to get over there tonight, but it's okay. The, the Lord keeps dealing with me about, well, we're talking more about the Holy Ghost, so it's still good. It's still good anyway, right? Yes. But, but, um, you know, it's like there's something missing between here and the gifts. And so I want to talk about that. So we're going to talk about what it actually means to walk with God or to be full of the Holy Ghost. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Let's pray. Father God, we open, just open, as I was beginning to minister the word, I just ask that you use me tonight to minister this so we'll hear it, understand it, and walk in the light of it. And there's so much needed in America today and in churches uh, of, of people that, that understand what it means to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of the Spirit of God. And we ask you for your grace upon this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeem the time, the days are evil. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The literal Greek rendering is be being filled. It says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another in the fear of God. So he's talking here about being full of God. Now look at another one in, in Ephesians 3, 19. Just turn the page to the left and go back one and start with verse 19. You know to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Now I'm going to read something here and I want you to think about what I'm fixing to say. In America, there are two veins of thought when it comes to being a Christian. And you have run into this, I've run into it, you're gonna run into it everywhere you go all of your life. The first vein of thought is, is when people preach, come to Jesus so you can go to heaven. Though that is true, it's not what Jesus said go preach. And that, that has created its own set of problems in the church and what and so there's a mindset that says this I walk the aisle I, I got born again and I'm a Christian and I don't see the need to do any of the other things that you say we need to be doing Jesus did it all for me and so it's up to me to be as good a Christian as I can I go to church I love the Lord I read my Bible and I read a devotional in the morning and um, I'm just going to live my life out and witness to people and share the love of Jesus and go home. And that's, that's the mindset in almost all churches. But it's actually not scriptural. The second mindset is come to Jesus and walk with God. That's, a, that's, that's not something the average person has ever heard you can do. And that fixes a lot of trouble that we have in the body of Christ because if you're walking with God, now you can hear from God, you're full of the Spirit, you're full of strength, you're full of joy, 
And the average church member is not full of those things. And they're not, they're not bad people. They're just not full of the Spirit. So we just read two scriptures that says, be, being filled, talking to Christians. And Paul's praying to the church in Ephesus Christians that you would be filled with the fullness of God. So he is, he's saying for Christians to, to not only be born again, and, and we say, well, I was filled with the Holy Ghost February of 76. Well, I was, but you know, you, you leak. And so, you know, to me, it's kind of, you know, and I'm going to use an analogy here in just a minute. Um, I had a car, I had an Oldsmobile, it was called a Delmont 88. It was bigger than the Delta 88, but it was a family car, but it was a convertible and I bought it for $795 when I was uh, about 16 years of age. And, um, And so it was cool, I had a 425 cubic inch motor in it and you know, for me, it was cool. In leather interior, and it had a, and, and the top went down. So I was cool. I was a cool kid in school because, you know, I, I had a convertible. So, but, but I, didn't, I didn't know any, anything about cars. I knew nothing about cars. I didn't know how to tune one up. I didn't know, and I learned everything I know on that car. Now, after I owned it for two years, one day I hit the brakes and nothing happened. And so I saw a, a sign on the road, you know, brakes for twenty nine ninety five. Now that dates me. So I took it in and the guy called me and said it'd be several hundred dollars. And I said, oh, you're a crook. He said, he said, no. He said, listen to me. He said, you don't have, you not only don't have any shoes, you went past the pads into the shoes, and now the brake linings have eaten your drums and your calipers are leaking. He said, there is nothing in there. And, and I went, duh. I mean, I'm, I'm dumb as a rock. And it gets worse. Because I never changed the oil in that car for years. Years. And one day it starts blowing smoke and I finally went and found out it was low on oil and it looked like tar and, you know, and so that I drove it to the junkyard because I know y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy as I'll get out, but the manufacturer did not design that car to run without being maintained. You know, I'm not talking about my car. I'm talking about you. God did not put you on this earth without there being some maintenance on you spiritually if you want to run right and not smoke and your brakes work and everything else. You can't just drive and go through life without maintaining a spiritual walk with God. And then you look around one day and want to know why your body looks 90 and you're 30 and why everything isn't working and you're smoking and you're falling apart at the seams and and your home is a disaster and you're sitting around going, but I'm a Christian. Am I right? I mean, so the average Christian in America, they don't have a clue what to do spiritually to maintain being full of God. Oh, y'all, y'all are with me on this one. So anyway, I took that car down and I mean, I just, 
I just drove it to the dump. I mean, nobody, I mean, it wasn't worth scrap. <laughs> but had I known, I could have drove that little dude for years. I mean, it wasn't that old a car, but I destroyed it for a lack of knowledge. Does that sound like Hosea 4.6? Go to John 14.1. I want to read something to you. Now, I'm go here's where we're going with this, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. You cannot maintain a spiritual walk without spending time with God. Amen. Now, that's, that's a statement. I'm not talking about just reading the promise box, and I'm not talking about just singing two hymns to hers on Sunday morning. I'm talking about you were not designed to live on this earth without his presence. Your Christian, Christian life will get hard without him. And my car is a perfect example. It just fell apart. And now that's another one of those areas where, you know, you really don't want, you, you look at people and they go, why God, why? And I'm going, you don't have to ask him, ask me. I can tell you, sweetheart, your oil had been changed in a long time. And then you come to a church like this and they say, them people down there, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy rollers. Yeah, we believe in changing the oil. We believe in getting in and getting a brand new refreshment right there. Yeah, just fill her up, baby. Okay, so, so John 14, 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe in me. In my Father's house, Underline the word house. It's the Greek word presence. In my father's presence are many mansions. The word mansions is really a terrible translation. It, 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 they didn't know what to do with it, the word. So they said, in my father's presence are many dwelling places. And then he says, I'm going to go make a place for you in God. Now, listen, in the garden, Adam did not lose real estate. You, you, you didn't come to Jesus to get a mansion. Matter of fact, don't get mad at me. There's nothing in your Bible about mansions. And we've made massive doctrines over a wrong word. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a mansion in heaven. So don't get there and think that's just a flat plane and there's nothing there. But, but you, came to, you came to Jesus for this reason. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's presence are many dwelling places. If that were not true, I would have told you. I'm going to go make a place for you. Where? In God. And when I do, I'm coming again to receive you to myself. He is not talking about the millennial reign. He's talking about him rising from the dead so they could be born again. Now this, and if you just read the Bible and just, just normal, it would make a lot of sense and people wouldn't be crazy. It says, I'm going to receive you to myself so that where I am, you can be also. So where is he going to be? In the presence of God. Okay, go to verse four. Look at it real close. And where I go... You know, and the way you know. Stop. Don't go anywhere. What, is, is he talking about heaven? No, he's not talking about I'm going to heaven and the way to heaven you know. He says, I'm going to go to Father and the way to the Father you know. I'm going to read it so you, it's actually, it's written right there in your Bible. 
and where I'm going to go, and you know the way. Verse, look at the next verse. And Thomas said, we don't know where you're going, and how do we know the way? Okay, let's go to the next one. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to heaven but by me. That's not what it says. See, the whole, we, we've created a doctrine, and it's not, it's not wrong to tell people when they get saved they're going to heaven. It's not wrong to show them that if you don't, you're going to go to hell. It's not wrong. Jesus preached a lot on hell. Everybody you know that doesn't know Jesus is going there forever. That's a big deal. You need to get real concerned about that. That's, and, and everybody goes, well, I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven, and you work with them all the time and let them go to hell and never say nothing. That's not good. Okay. I'm the way, the truth, I'm the way to God, I'm the truth about God, and I am the life of God. He's talking about the presence of God. I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So he's talking about us coming back to God. Jesus is the bridge back to God. Not the bridge to heaven, the bridge to God. All right, he that has the Son has life. So eternal life does not come into you when you die. It comes into you when you receive Jesus. You are alive forever now. Now that that right there is, most Christians have no idea what I just said. They've never heard such a thing. All right. Go to verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. I want to read it out of my Bible because, you know, it just helps me a little bit. So where are we? Uh, Seven. If you had known me, you would have known my father. And from now on, you know him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father. And it suffices us. And he said, have I been with you so long and you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do not believe that I am come from the Father, the Father in me. The, works I do, the words I speak to you, I don't speak of my own authority. The Father dwells in me, does the works. Believe me, I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very sakes. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about the Father. He, there's nothing in here about heaven. Nothing, not a thing in the world about going to heaven. Other than that word, that misquote word on mansions. In my Father's presence are dwelling places. Have you ever heard the term, if any man is in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in him, in him we live and move and have our being. He's talking about if you're in Jesus, then Jesus is in God. You can't get to Jesus without being, I mean, God without being in Jesus. Okay, you couldn't jump Jesus and get to God. I don't care what religion you are, you're not getting to God except through Jesus. But the point is, the moment you receive Jesus, Jesus was made righteous, and it's Jesus that was accepted by God. So when Jesus entered in the presence of God, you entered in the presence of God. When Jesus was accepted, you were accepted. When he rose from the dead, you rose from the dead. And that's what he's talking about right here. All right. All right. Um, Verse 12. Um, 
Most assuredly I say to you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, you'll do also greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it that the Father is glorified. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. I'm going to pray the Father give you another helper. So, so he's saying this, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost so you can be full of the Holy Ghost so that you can enter in and, and fellowship with the Father. Amen. So, so if you never fellowship with the Father, then, then there's lies the problem. So that's why when I was working on this and starting to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, I kept thinking, the gifts of the Spirit don't take place apart from you walking with God. You, you, you can't jump from I'm going to heaven and I want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You've got to jump from there to I've got to spend time with God. Just because you're born again does not mean you don't need to go spend time with God. And, and people come to me all the time, and please understand this, and this will help you. And they always have questions. And I'm going to tell you the answer is go Put your heart in your Christianity and quit avoiding God and asking me what to do. Amen. Uh, this is, Christianity is about a heart issue. It's your heart. You, you walk with him because of your heart is tender to God. And you walk with him because your heart is right with God. And when your heart is right, then the Holy Spirit takes you into the presence of God. And that's where you need to get your answers. It's where you get your strength. It's where you get your joy. It's where you get everything. If you're not going to spend time with God, then you're just going to be without oil. You're just going to go through life all bumpity doo. You just, you just, you're just wearing out and dying early. And, and you understand that? Do you get this? So this is major important. So, so Paul said, be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, that means that there has to be a time. Now, now listen as I uh, get into this. Be, we're going to get into the word Sabbath in a minute. But that scares people. So oh, Sabbath. Oh, now you're talking about making us come to church on Sunday. Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about making you do anything. But I am going to tell you that he said the Sabbath man, man, the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. God gave you the Sabbath as a gift. You got to understand what he was doing. God doesn't need your job to prosper you. God doesn't need you to help him. What you need God, not another day to work. You, you got to understand it's not to your advantage to drive past the gas station or the oil chain. You're not helping yourself by saving money on, by, on changing the oil. You're just going to wear out real fast. So God put a maintenance program in for you. Are y'all getting this? But we, we've, we've tried to fix everything in the natural without understanding that you can't. All right. Anyway, 
without the Holy Ghost. So go to Mark chapter uh, 227. Mark 2. Am I doing okay? Y'all getting this? Sabbath is, is wisdom. It's not a bondage. It's wisdom. Because God knew that if he didn't make a law, that the business world would work you seven days a week. He knew he had to give you a law for your benefit. Did you know that? That's the only, it is the biblical mandate of Sabbath that has forced the American business world to let you have a by God day off. Wasn't to your disadvantage. So why did they do Saturday and Sunday? Because of the Jews and the Christians. Now the Bible says six days shall you work. It didn't say it, it didn't even say five. So so the Sabbath is a good idea because you need to rest. Your, your, your body was not designed to push it seven days a week. Now let me say something to you. I'm gonna prove to you that the extra work you're doing isn't working. Did God need them to gather manna seven days or six? I'm going to tell you all a secret. He didn't even need him to gather at six. As a matter of fact, God don't even need you to work. But he lets you. So you have someplace to go witness. All of the helping God is actually harming you. Someone turn that AC on. It's getting hot in here. Okay, anyway. Um, are, you, are you there at Mark 2? Let me read this to you. 2.27. He says, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. God gave that to you as a gift. Now, let's go back here for just a minute. Well, let me, let me show you in the Bible. Because I got to get you in the mindset that, is, that it is more important for you to spend time with God than anything on the planet. Once, once you get that in your soul and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not my bondage. They're not trying to keep me from fun. You are not designed to live on the earth without God. You're not designed to do that. All right. You should walk with him all the time, but there needs to be times that you turn the world off. We did it when I was younger. It was sweet. I mean, you, Sunday you woke up, you couldn't go to the store. That, there wasn't anything open. You just, they rolled sidewalk. There was Dairy Queen was open because the Christians left church, went and got a cone dipped in chocolate, and then we went home and we snapped butter beans on the front porch and we had family time and we had dinner and we were healthier because of it. All right, all right. This, all the older people are like, you ain't lying, baby. That was the way. And then we decided one day that God wasn't all that smart. Okay. All right, Exodus 16, go over there. Let's, let's go over there. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody say, this is wisdom. I'm going, uh, when I show you this, because every time I look at someone and say, well, let's go pray, I'm busy. 
I, I, I know you are, but honey, you're not that busy. Now, I, I want to tell you something about this before I go on. Just listen. D- d- have y'all ever heard of a group of people called the Essies? E-S-S-E-S, Essies? Do you know who they are? You know one, but you didn't know you knew him. There was a group of people in the Bible that were so religious, they actually did something really crazy. They, they took a bath every day. They believed in bathing daily. Most people in the Middle East bathe maybe once a week. But these people believed that they, at that time they could not cleanse the inside. But in order to walk with God, they took a bath every day. Isn't that legalistic? I'm not getting a hand in the building. All right, let me ask you, none of y'all are that crazy, are you? Every day, every day. Y'all take a bath every day? So they named the head of the group John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a group of people who believed in walking so holy before God that they actually bathed daily. Now, now y'all are looking at me going, "Uh, that's a good idea. So why is that a good idea? Because you little stinkers need it. You know, you just need it. Is that a bad idea? Is that a good idea? It doesn't make you righteous, but it sure makes us, we like being around you a little better. So is that the only thing that needs cleaning? It's not. So if you need the water, which is eternal life on your body, do you need it for your spirit, man? Yes, you do. This is the reason why the Bible talks about out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. So let me get ahead of myself. Wherever the water flows, the countryside becomes irrigated. So the walking with God will cause you to be profitable. Not avoiding God. Working on Sunday is stupid. It's, it just don't even, I mean, I'm, you need to walk with God all the time, but, but having a time that you pull aside and have God deal with you. Uh, let me, let's do it another way. Let's do it. We talked about bathing. Have any of y'all actually mopped the floor in your kitchen this month? More than once? No. Y'all are, y'all are legalistic as I'll get out. Well, y'all are out there. Weekly? What, what? Okay. So ladies, let me ask you another question. Which is easier? Let it all go until the, the roaches are eating everything and the, and the grease is dripping down the side of the stove and you've got roaches coming out at the middle of the night and you've got rats scurrying. Or is it easier to just keep it clean? then why in the Sam Hill do you guys want to have church twice a month? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm making a good point, but for whatever reason, we've decided that the physical is way more important than the spiritual. Are y'all getting this? You're killing yourself 
spirit, soul, and body by neglecting to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Now, what about policemen and people who, who have to work? Well, that's why Sabbath really isn't a day. As long as you, and you know, we have people like Louie that they're a police officer. But, but really, if, if that's the case, as long as you've come to understand that, that that is for your benefit, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up like a, and on wings as eagles. There are things that you can not accomplish without being full of God. You can, there's nothing in your flesh and there's nothing in the intellect that can take you where you need to go without drawing aside and spending time with God because that's the time the Holy Ghost will work with you and you can clean the kitchen a little bit every day rather than waiting for the roaches to come. So when you come in here and you walk up in the front and we lay hands on you and roaches come out of your ears and mice come out of your mouth, we know something's inside not doing real good. That would make a movie, wouldn't it? I mean, church in the wildwood, you know, mice coming out. But it's amazing how some Christians, their their insides are so lukewarm and 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 there's where we have an issue. So go back to the original scripture. He said, be being filled with the Spirit. That means you've got to, on purpose, decide to do that. And let me tell you something. The world is not going to let you do it. You don't ask the world for permission. Lynn Hammond said one time, she says, it was for a while, it was so hard to pray that I had to get in my car, crank it up, drive it out of the garage, close the garage door. My family thought I was going to the store just to be able to pray without somebody bothering me. You got to make up your mind, I'm going to do this even if nobody else will let me. I'll find a way. So Jesus, it says he woke up before daylight and went to a deserted place so he could pray and spend time with God. You might need to get just about that radical with your life. This is up to you. I'm giving you wisdom. I'm not, I'm not trying to put you in bondage. The Sabbath was made for you. Use it or lose it. All right, let's go. Are you in Exodus? All right. Now, there are people who their boss looks at them and says, you got to work. Listen, I'm good. I'm good. Don't get in condemnation. But learn that don't do that seven days a week. Don't you do, don't you do that seven days a week. If you've got to make an altar at home and lock the door and go, man, my God, Pastor, I've been working for, uh, you know, a week and a half now, and, and, and I'm calling in. I'm sick, of, I'm sick of working. Have a good day. And go in there and spend some time with God. That's, that's better for you financially than you wake it up and you keep pushing. And you, that car, I just pushed it and pushed it and pushed it until it went, uh, I'm done. Two years, and it was in the junkyard. I didn't take care of it at all. And after that, I went, oil change? You didn't know I was that dumb. I was dumb. <laughs> then I started learn, learning how to hot rod them. So anyway, it was just a typical kid. Are you all okay? All right. Exodus 16, 4. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven. 
And you and the people go out and gather a certain quota every day that he may t- I may test them whether they'll walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day they'll, that they shall prepare what they bring in. It'll be these twice as much as they gather daily. Is God able to meet your needs in six days? Then why do you think you need seven? I mean, if, he's, if he can't, he's not God. Then you are. Yeah, you got to think about this just a little bit, guys. 1614, and the layer dew lifted there on the surface when the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? And that's the, that's the Hebrew word manna. And they didn't know what it was. And Moses said, and that's the bread from the Lord gave you to eat. Now you understand they're in the wilderness. There's nothing to eat. There's nothing to drink. There's no heat. There's no air conditioning. There's nothing out there but God. And they made it, right? And they did that under the old covenant. I wonder, I wonder how in the world we could possibly make it under this one. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Every man gathered according to each one's need. One omer per person according to the number of persons. Let him take it for in his tent. The children of Israel did so. Gathered some more, some less. And, as, and when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over. And he who gathered little had no lack. And every man gathered according to each one's needs. And Moses says, let no one leave it till morning. They did. Thank you all for your... In, Notwithstanding, they did not listen to Moses, and some of them left part until morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry, and he said, I told you not to do it. And they gathered it morning every day according to his need, and the sun became hot and melted. So it was on the sixth day they had gathered twice as much as they did the day before, and in the rulers of the congregation told Moses, and he said, this is what the Lord said, tomorrow is a Sabbath rest. Now, why did he do this? Stop for a minute. Why in the world would God do this? For you. If God has it, relax. Enjoy your day. Get up in the morning, go to church, spend time with God. Let him do a little cleaning, get the roaches out, a couple of mice. Let the word of God clean you up. Go enjoy your family. Slow down, relax, rest your body, rest your spirit, rest your mind. Draw near to God, spend time in the presence of God. And then come Monday morning, you're revitalized. The oil is changed. The windshield wiper fluid's in there. The the tire pressures are good. Get out there and hot rod and have a good time. But don't miss it. Are y'all seeing this? Yeah, yeah. Or you could say clean your kitchen. Okay. And he said, this is what the Lord has said, tomorrow's Sabbath rest, the holy Sabbath of the Lord. Bake what you need to bake and boil whatever you need to do and lay for yourself what remains to be kept till morning. So they laid up till morning as Moses commanded. It did not stink nor with any worms in it. And the, Moses said, eat tomorrow for today is the Sabbath of the Lord and you'll not find it in the field. Six days you'll gather it. On the seventh day it'll be none. And it happened that some of the people went out the next day and says, by God, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I think I'll go get some anyway. And he's like, I told you that I would bless your Saturday so much you could take off. Why did he call it a test? Because we're constantly thinking, poor God can't fix this. Are y'all understanding this? This is called faith. It takes faith to rest. Now, Let's just talk about a business for a minute. And I'm not, you people that, that have businesses and they're open on Sunday, don't get in condemnation, but pray and ask the Lord. You get your Bible out and find out what it says. You get convinced of yourself. Because if you do it legalistically, it ain't going to do any good. You're not in faith, you're in fear. But what happened with Chick-fil-A? 
Now, let me tell you what happened with him. When it, when it came time for him to go nationwide, because he is a very devout Christian, he said, it's more important for my workers to be in church than it is to be working and me making money. What happened to Chick-fil-A's finances? Poor, poor God. Don't you wish he knew what he was doing? Number one fast food restaurant in America, not even open on Sunday. I wonder how that happened, Ethel. I think God did it as a sign and a wonder to everybody else. I mean, the Bible told you, don't seek money. Don't make it an idol. Don't make it number one. Now, and I'm talking about the American culture. I'm talking about the American mindset. Now, we all know there's people in this church right now, and they're, when I, get, when I first got born again, I worked at Certain Teed, and I worked three Sundays a month, and I was only able to go to church one Sunday. That was, God did it to me because he wanted to keep me out of church. In my town was numb nuts. There were fruitcakes and nuts, and there was a church preaching against the Holy Ghost, and another one fighting with the other church down the street, and another one that was dead as a rock. I wanted to go to church so bad, God got me a job working on Sunday, so I wouldn't. And all I had was my Bible and Brother Hagin's books, and he, he kept me from religion and then about a year two years later when I walked in a church I went what are y'all doing <laughs> I had no idea what was going on in there and I asked God I said what are they doing he said I don't have any idea <laughs> I gotta tell you this story it, it's it's actually hilarious I still had long hair and I think God allowed me to have it knowing it would fall out He's thinking, just let him keep it as long as he can keep it. So, and actually, I cut it from the shoulders, and it was kind of like, you know, uh, decent length, but not on my shoulders. And my beard, I had a beard, but it, but it didn't look like the, uh, whatchamacallits, the, the shotgun boys. Yeah, I, I ducked down. So I trimmed it up, and it was really nice looking. And so I looked just like Jesus. <laughs> so I walk in this, and it was, and it was, a, it was, a, it was a Pentecostal church. And um, the, the preacher was just preaching and spitting in, in the whole nine yards. And he gave an altar call for all of you to make your peace with God. And everybody came up in the altar. But me. I thought, what kind of sin could you commit on the way to church? <laughs> I didn't have any problem with God. So I'm sitting there with my long hair. And he kept giving the altar call. And he said, I'll one more stanza as we're waiting for all to come and make peace with God. And ain't nobody in the audience but me, you know, and I'm just out there just enjoying my day. And he comes back and sits with me. Son, would you not like to go make your peace with God? I said, no, sir. I said, I don't know how in the world you could get that much sin just on Sunday morning coming to church. 
I said, I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. The fact that God would fill a hippie with the Holy Ghost <laughs> that didn't cut his hair was born naked, even imagined by God. So anyway, he, I didn't go up and I didn't go back because I thought, what are they? I said, God, what are they doing? He said, I don't have any idea. And that's what happens when you get in, in, in a condemnation. They're always trying to get right with God. And they're not relying on the blood of Jesus. But anyway, so I'm glad that God taught me all that before I actually went into church because they're messed up. They're the messed up people, you know. <laughs> and so, so anyway, that's, my, that's my, uh, my, my church life right there. And I went to another church one time and I sat on the front row and I was the only one on the front row. As a matter of fact, there wasn't anybody on the second, third, fourth, fifth, fifteenth, and the fifteenth. There was about 10 or 15 people in this whole congregation. They all slept on the back two rows that morning. And the preacher got up that morning and read something. I don't know what in the world he was reading. He was up there just, just reading, 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 close the book. And, I, and I, I'm sitting there going, that's it? And we went home and I went, what are they doing, God? <laughs> and I said, no wonder you didn't want me to go to church. <laughs> So, hallelujah. And whether you know it or not, I have never been in church. This is kind of like one of my first. I went to, the, I went to Buddy's in Tulsa, but, um, that, I, so I have been in church. But, but um, when I went to Raymond, I went to church. And, but God kept me out of it as long as he could. He said, they'll screw you. He didn't say screw you. They'll, they'll really mess you up. And so, I don't know, maybe that's why some people are messed up in church. So go to, go to Isaiah chapter 40. So Sabbath was made for you. M listen, uh, well, I'm, I don't want to run out of time. I don't want to run out of time. Now, I want you to do something. Don't, don't get in condemnation because you're, you're going to meet people that for whatever reason, they, they work Sundays. And that, that's not the issue. As long as they have come to understand that they have to have, they have to create a time that they draw near to God. In my opinion, why don't you just do it when the rest of us are here? But then again, I, I don't understand the business world, and so there's, there's probably people that, that they have to do. There's things like, and I know policemen, firemen, I know that. And so... Um, there, there, there's probably situations, and I don't want to sit in judgment over it. But I know, I know that with me personally, I've always asked the Lord to, to make it to where when I worked at Certain Teed, and I did work three Sundays a month, I asked the Lord to allow me at one day to go to church. So he promoted me to a position where I get off. This was a desire of my heart, and I wanted to go. And so I began going 52 miles one way to Landmark to go to church. So... So it wasn't long after that I went to Ramah and uh, went to Buddy Harrison's church. We're there every Sunday morning. Um, but, but that's kind of like my church life. But I grew because of my walk with God and the books and the things I read and my spending time with God. So I developed that habit early. God had me develop a habit of sitting in a chair with a Bible and, and a notebook and an ink pen and just drawing away from the world and turn the world off and get along with God. 
and I developed that early in my Christianity, and I still do it to this day. And if I go for periods of time, I don't, I'm not comfortable just going to church. I, I have to have time in my life where I spend praying and seeking God and reading the Bible and fellowshipping with my Father. And I think that that is healthy. And I'm going to show you why I believe that in a minute. Are you all okay? All right, Isaiah 40, verse 1. I think 40 verse 1, yeah. No, that's James. No, I'm, I'm so wrong. 40, 29. I got, it. I got two scriptures. He gives power to the weak, and those that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths faint and are weary, and the young men utterly fail. But they that wait, the word wait is the Hebrew word minister. They that wait like a waiter or minister to the Lord shall renew their strength. The word renew is the Hebrew word swap. Not renew your strength, but swap strength. You do not have the strength to handle the world, the flesh, and the devil. You do not have that ability. You cannot produce it. You know, what is the little ever-ready bunny that's got the little energizer in the back and he's walking around banging, and then he's glad because he doesn't have to stop so long because he got filled with the Holy Ghost as far as speaking in tongues. But, but you understand that that battery drains. That battery needs to be recharged. Cell phones need to be recharged. You and God is the only self-charging spirit there is. Every, uh, every human on the earth, you do not have the ability to live on this planet and not go and spend time with God. You you're going to drain and then you're going to be in your strength. And that's why people make the statement, pastor, I'm just so tired. No, you're not. You're, you're, you're backslid. I, I say that with grace. If you find yourself to where I'm so tired, I got to go to the beach. No, you're so backslid. The ocean ain't going to fix you. But, it, but if you do, if you do, take your Bible with you and lock yourself in a hotel room for two days and spend some time, turn the TV off and turn the phone off because you, need, you just need to renew your strength. And that's all you need. You're not a bad person. God's not mad at you. It's just that you just ran down. You got so busy and the devil kept throwing stuff in your way and your life got so hectic and you got off work and you came home, you turned on the TV and you watched TV at night and you woke up in the morning and you burned it out of the house with maybe one scripture and then you came to church and then you, you kind of sat in the church and, you know, during the Worship, you felt condemned because you hadn't been living right, and so you don't even worship God. You never entered His presence because you got something on your mind. And then four weeks later, you don't even want to go to church. You don't read your Bible, and you just like yeah, the pastor just don't preach like he used to. Maybe I need to change churches. I'm, my God, I need a vacation. I got to go to Disney. I mean, I'm a mess. And that's exactly the way people handle life. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. I'm going to go out and gather my own manna. No, you're not. You need, you need, the, you need the word of God. Okay, okay. I got another scripture I need to show you in a minute. But anyway, 
Uh, so, so they'll renew their strength, mount up wings, and run and not be weary, and walk and not faint. You are a spirit being. You, you're made in the image of God, but you're not designed to live feeding on the world of God. Verse 41.10, fear not, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you, and I'm going to hold you with my right hand. Now, you just, you just have to make that decision. Okay, um, James chapter 4, verse 1. Let's go over there. Let's talk about the world for a minute. Is this all right? Three of you said, okay, that's all right. I got, I got three. I got three. Can I have four? Can I have four? Can I have, hey, can I have five? Can I get a five? Can I get a five? Can I get I got a five over here. I got, somebody help me out. All right. All right. James, one of the things I need you to understand about James, James is the only pastoral book in the Bible. Did you know that? Paul's not a pastor. Paul is talking from an apostolic point of view about who you are in Christ and all that. But why does James seem to be kind of like, live right? (laughs) Because he's pastoring Christians. You've got to go back with the mindset that if if you're going to take a bath once a week, there needs to be a little bit more going on in you. It's possible to get dirty. So James chapter 4 verse 1, where do wars and fights come from? Don't they come from your desire for pleasure in your members? Now, he's going to answer this in just a second, but sometimes you'll miss it. You lust, you don't have. You murder, covet, can't get it. You fight in war, and you don't have it because you're not asking, but when you do ask, you're not receiving because you're asking a miss that you can spend it on your own pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with this world makes you the enemy of God or enmity with God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself enemy of God. In other words, this is a Christian that has gone back and started feeding on the world. On the world. Now, the Holy Ghost is in you, but, 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 but I think it's First Peter. It says, well, Paul made the statement says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit that's in you. You need to clean up inside occasionally. This is not condemnation preaching. Listen to me. You need to clean the counters, especially after I've cooked hamburger. Because Lisa comes home and goes, Are you, have you been cooking hamburgers? Did you put that little thing over the... No, and there's grease everywhere. But I took a rag and wiped it up. But nothing like, Lisa gets in there, she turns the sink on, it's hot enough to scald you, and she starts moving everything off and cleaning the grease off. She said, did you turn the fan on at least? And I go, well, no, I forgot. She goes, oh, honey, just go do something and get out of the kitchen. And then she's in there mopping the floor, and I'm going, what are you mopping the floor for? Well, honey, you, you, I slid into the kitchen. I mean, I slid into the any other women in here can understand this whole scenario? Because, because if you're going to live in a house, it's not that I'm being bad. I'm just living. Are y'all understanding? You live in a house, there's going to be grease. There's going to be stuff. There just is. And because we go to the lake, and I come in from the lake, and she says, why is all this grass going to the bedroom? I said, well, it fell off my feet. Why didn't you... Take a hose and clean your feet off, baby. I said, well, I forgot. She goes, well, then get a broom. <laughs> How many of you know there, you have to clean? Yeah. All right, now you'll understand James now. Listen, listen as he's talking. This is not condemnation preaching. Listen to what he's saying. Verse, um, verse 5, do you think the scripture says the spirit dwells in you, yearns jealously? 
he gives more grace. Therefore, he says he'll give, he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So submit yourself to God. Verse 7, submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you, draw near to God. He's talking to Christians, isn't he? So, so you're being born again 27 years ago is not the issue. Come on, I'm, pre- I'm trying my best to get you to understand just because you bought that new house 10 years ago, I'm hoping you've cleaned it. And I'm hoping that since you've been born again, so what happens when you get in the presence of God? There is a renewal and there's also a cleansing agent to the Holy Ghost. It's when you get in his presence that he starts pointing little things out like, you might want to deal with that. And that's when you go, I don't want to hear from God because, yeah, you do. He's not up there dealing with everything, but he does have certain things that when you come into church and you're in the presence of God and you're worshiping God, that all of a sudden, this little voice down inside you keeps bringing up the grease. I don't like the grease. I don't like the way you were talking to your wife yesterday. Oh, God, I just came in here to spend time with you. Yes, but the way you were talking, I know I just want to talk to you about how much I love. I know you do, but go repent. (laughs) It's amazing when you get in his presence that you see your faults. And that's healthy. Y'all see this. It's good for you to get in his presence because if you'll get clean, then you can stay clean and you can stay strong in the Lord. Come on, y'all. I'm doing a good job here. But that's why you don't have these, that, that's why you see Christians and they say, well, you know, you got to sin a little bit every day. No, you don't. And, and they're carnal and they're babies and life doesn't work and they blame God for it. Honey, just go spend time with God, with your heart. And, and so then it's, it's not a doctrine, is it? Being a church where they believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking tongues, has nothing to do with doctrine. It's 100% heart issue. Because if you wanted to walk with God, he would lead you there. But you hadn't spent enough time with him to even know that there was anything else in in the world. The Holy Ghost will lead you into all truth. If you'll draw near to God, he'll show you everything you need to work on. So, so you understand, there are some things I can't do for you. I can give you the word of God, but it's amazing how many people come up to me and go, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking, I know, but you don't want to do it. Why don't you just get up here and pray in the Holy Ghost? Well, well I would, but, uh, but you know... My, my work, my load at the college is really heavy. Well, don't go to hell and get a degree. The world's crazy, guys. And now let me say something else to you. They don't give a rip about your Sunday. So, you know, all of the meetings they have in the, in the city council are always Wednesday night. You don't think Satan didn't start that? 
I mean, no, they don't care about you. I'm going to say, this is me talking, just me. Don't you ever call me and tell me you got a birthday on Sunday. I don't give a rip about your birthday. I'm going to church. And if you have it, you have it Sunday afternoon, two o'clock, I'll come. But don't, just, just stop. Well, you know, all my friends. Well, they've been waiting for you to act like a Christian for years. When are you going to begin? I ain't coming to your birthday party. I'm going to church to spend time with God. And it's not legalism. It's intelligence. And, and you know, if you, what's the old movie where the guy ran the, the, what was that movie, Lisa? The guy was a runner. And he, and listen, he wouldn't, he wouldn't run on Sunday. Now that you might think that's, that's extreme. No, you know what he was trying to do? He was trying to make a statement to the world and he made it. I just, that, now that's my, that's my convictions. I just believe God's bigger than that. That's me. I think y'all, Resist the, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. So you know that if you'll sit down and go, God, TV off, cell phone off, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Is he talking to Christians? Yes, yes he is. He's not calling you a bunch of heathen. He, he's saying that because you're double-minded and because you started playing in the world, now you're acting like a bunch of sinners. Okay. Purify your heart. Your heart, now get your heart clean. You double-minded, lament and mourn and weep. He's not talking about you crying and getting into condemnation. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourself on the side of the Lord and he lifts you up. Now he's, he's talking about you get in the presence of God and when the Holy Ghost starts dealing with stuff, you stop and go, sir, you're right. Heavenly Father, that's why I came into church today. I really need to hear I really need to know what the issue is, and you're nailing it for me right now. And oh my God, am I uncomfortable? But thank you. Now I'm going to just, I, 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 I'm wrong, Father. I'm, I'm wrong. Now I just, I got some changes. Thank you for the service. Glory to God. Thank you. The peace of God that'll come on you when your heart is right. Keep your heart, guard your heart. Satan is after it. So it hardens up. Um, Andrew Womack wrote a great book called Hardness of Heart. And you and I need to guard our heart so we don't allow it to become hard. Let me, I'm trying to close here. Listen, all of the stuff people attacking you is to get you to harden your heart. All of the problems you're having is to get you to harden your heart. The only guarantee you have that that won't happen to you is the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. So as you draw near to God, he will clean you up, clean you out, renew your strength. Then you get up from church or get up from the presence of God and you walk back in the world and go, I can handle this now. Praise God. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Man, I'm, thank you, Jesus. Do y'all see that? So this is wisdom. I'm giving you wisdom. Okay. Um, uh, John 4, and then we'll close. We'll, I promise you, this is my, my last closing. John 4, and this is what I started. I was trying to say John 4, 1. Uh, 
When the Lord knew the Pharisees heard Jesus baptize more disciples than John, although Jesus didn't baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed to Galilee. And he, he needed to go through Samaria, and he came to the city of Samaria, and a ground, piece of ground that where Jacob gave his son Joseph, and his well was there. Therefore, being wearied from his journey, he sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said, Give me to drink. Let me ask you a question. Why did he do that? Because he's thirsty. Do you need water? How much? Yeah. You can't live without it. You, you're, you were never designed to live. And so he's calling eternal life. He's going to call it water. Just because you got born again does not mean you don't need to drink. You, you got to get this. You, you, you're going through life and, and you're trying to fix stuff in the natural. You need to hit the well again. Okay, so he came and he says, I, need some, I want something to drink. Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy the food. And the woman of Samaria came and says, how is it you being a Jew asking to drink a Samaritan woman? You have no dealings. And he says, if you knew the gift of God, he's talking about eternal life, who says to you, give me a drink, you'd ask me, I'd have given you living water. And the woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where are you going to get it? Are you greater than our father? And he says, yes. And so verse 14, he says, he said, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. Talking about a natural water. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst, but a well will be in him springing up into everlasting life. So you understand that that water that you need to sustain is in you. But it's not always flowing. Do you understand this? Though you're born again, you have to drink. So, so he's saying there will be a well in you. When you get those waters flowing, you're going to irrigate your life. If you don't, your life is going to dry up. So most people are neglecting the most important thing in life. Is th- this is it. The most important thing in your life is your personal walk with God. Bar none. I don't care what's happening around you. I don't care what's happening at work. I don't care what's happening with your children. I don't care what's happening in your body. You need that living water flowing out of your belly that God put on the inside of you. He said, thus he's talking about the life of God that's on the inside of you. So, so when things aren't going good, quit looking in the natural for the answer to the problem the the thing you're dealing with is more spiritual than natural don't walk away from the things of God go spend time in the presence of God get that well going get that water going again get that life flowing and let it dump out on your wife and your husband and your children and on your life around you if there's when things are going bad that's when you need church and God more than you've ever need so you so no matter how bad it is you need time with God. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. But yet in today's society, we have gotten to the place in church where if you come two Sundays a month, you think you've hair lip Bear Creek now. I'm an awesome Christian. Really? I'm not saying you don't love God. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm saying your house is dry, baby. 
You're dry. Your, your home's dry. You dry. Not good. Nothing takes the place of a good old Holy Ghost Sunday morning church service singing and worshiping God and getting in the presence of God and praying in the Holy Ghost and, 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 and just hearing the word and hallelujah and, and get up and walk out and feel like, man, I feel like I took a bath. Hallelujah. Yeah, you did. And you did not waste your time. No, you did not. Now, the devil, why, you don't? you can eat that apple if you want to. Oh, yeah. Did God say, look at that apple. That's a nice apple. I'm done. You can go home. How many of y'all understand this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't let the devil rob you of your time. Don't this, you set it aside on your calendar. Listen, when someone calls you and says, what are you doing this afternoon? You say, I have an appointment. And, you, and listen to me. Don't look at me and tell me you're lying. You're not lying. There's nobody on the planet more important than God. What are you doing this afternoon? Got an appointment? Who with? None of your business. You think they're going to understand when you say I'm going to go pray? No, they're not going to understand that. They have any idea what you're no, I got something I got, I got to do today. I got something I got to do, man. I've been neglecting this for days. I'm Phone rings. There's an off button on that phone. Click. Throw it in the other room. Get it out of your room. Come on, I'm doing pretty good. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, thank you. This is, uh, I pray that we walk out of here tonight with an understanding of how we were made by you. And you said, I read the scripture, sir, earlier. It says, be being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Paul and Silas were in jail, and the Bible says they prayed and sang praises. And that, that produced the power to get them out of that mess. Father, we're, we're walking around with dynamite on the inside of us, and we've never really learned how, to, how, to, how this thing works. Because we've turned, and I pray that we don't turn this into some kind of legalism. Somebody walks out under condemnation because they hadn't, they missed church. That's not the point. But for us to walk out of here tonight with some wisdom and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got to have my time. I got I to gotta draw near to God here. And I pray that everybody would get a revelation of that. And if they can draw near with us, that's great. But if they happen to be like a police officer, a fireman, and they can't, I pray that they'd get a wisdom and realize that they can take some time during the week because they're not going to grow without it. They're not going to be strong without it. They're not, they're not going to be clean inside and, and, and be free from the world without it. And I pray that, and I just ask you that we would, that this revelation would hit our souls and we'd start spending time, not just on Sunday, but during the week and understand that how powerful it is to spend time with you and to actually walk with you during the day just like Adam did, just like Jesus did, just like Paul did. And I pray that this church would and our life would be like a watered garden because of it. And we give you praise in Jesus' name, sir. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.